0: Well, markets aren't entirely convinced that the Fed is going to do what they say, and weaker services numbers on Friday gave the reason to assume a recession is coming, and maybe they'll relent a little earlier. Meanwhile, China had their Central Economy Work Conference last week, and they're talking about the opposite of a recession, a J-curve recovery. That's quite steep, isn't it? Fancy. It's Monday, the 19th of December, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Good morning. Well, equities down further in the US on Friday, just about 1% off all indices, which meant the Nasdaq actually finished the week 2.7% down, even with the rally that we saw in the first half of the week. The VIX index has come down quite a bit, though, suggesting less volatility, even with shares losing their value. So that sort of determines the direction, doesn't it? And the US dollar moved up slightly on Friday, but marginally down over the week on the DXY index, very marginal. But the Aussie dollar down 0.3% on Friday, lost 1.6% over the week. The euro down 0.4% on Friday, Uh, but up slightly over the week. And 10-year Treasuries finished the week at 3.49%, almost 10 basis points lower over the week. Two years at 4.20%, or about 16 basis points lower. And German two-year yields, meanwhile, went the other way, about 28 basis points up to 2.43% at the end of last week. And oil on the way down, a 2.7% fall in Brent on Friday, down to $79 a barrel. I have to tell you, I'm focused now uh, on, on the task at hand, having watched the World Cup, which was incredibly exciting. Uh, good luck trying to make it through the day without actually hearing the score. But, you know, you're not going to hear it from me, but it was probably the most exciting World Cup final ever. It was extraordinary. But uh, Sky Masters is with us. Ben, you're not uh, from NAB in Sydney. You're not a uh, a soccer fan then, Sky.
1: Oh, I wouldn't say that, Phil, but I, I didn't get up... To- early in the early hours of this morning to, to watch the game. I, I, you know, I'm interested to know who, who won, um, right. but I'm not an avid soccer fan like some of my other podcast no. colleagues right. being Ray Rodrigo, yeah, I'm exactly. sure got up that, and that
0: is, Funny enough, they're not Hens- scheduled for this morning H- on H- the Hens- podcast. Hens- yeah, right. <laughs> yes,
1: I'm on the podcast this morning.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one who didn't care, or not quite as much as they do anyway. Look, so uh, quite a week last week, wasn't it? Uh, Sorry, I'm going to focus now. Uh, can you explain to me why we had a hawkish Fed and a hawkish ECB and we've got treasury yields moving down down uh, in the U.S. and European yields have been rising. So it looks like there's not a total belief in the Fed's hawkishness. That's what that's saying, isn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is quite interesting price action. I think the Fed has been quite hawkish for some time now and they're doing that in the face now where they're actually seeing inflation coming off. So yeah, we've had a couple of <clears throat> downside surprises to U.S. inflation. Uh, you're starting to see some wobbles in in activity data, and I think the more hawkish the Fed uh, talks, the more the market is convinced that the US will go into recession next year, and they'll be quickly um, cutting cutting rates at some point next year. So I think that's why you're getting uh, some of the price action that you're seeing in in US Treasuries, and we can dig into that a little bit further in the podcast. But then. Uh, for Europe, yeah, you've, you've got a, an ECB that's sort of catching up in terms of um, tightening policy and it's still, uh, you know, it did surprise the market last week in terms of its very hawkish commentary and you, you said, had some hawkish ECB men, members speaking on, on Friday, sort of. Adding to to that that talk, that the ECB could well do another another fifty basis point tightening at at its next meeting, and then the data on Friday night, mm. um, you know, at the margin probably supported that that hawkish commentary that you're seeing out of the out of the ECB.
0: Yeah, so uh, the yield curve still, obviously, very inverted. So, t- ten year treasury yields now just under seventy basis points below two years, which is n- nowhere near where they have been in, r- in recent months, but still heavily inverted so you know we're still talking recession aren't we
1: yeah so the curve actually steepened on friday the us two-year tenure curve so it, it steepened around seven basis points on the numbers i'm looking at uh so it did close at around minus 70 but that curve is sort of trading around that minus 70 minus 80 basis point um range for the for the last little while i i my view is is that i think it'll It'll remain quite inverted for now, um, particularly if the Fed does you know, continue to tighten policy aggressively and get to just above five percent. In the face of uh, weaker weaker activity data, that'll just con- contribute to to a continued sort of inversion in in the U.S. curve as the front end reprices with the Fed funds rate, but maybe the back end holds a bit of a bit of a, a bid. But I can't help but feel that some of this inversion that you're seeing in the US curve is is in part being driven by unconventional policy measures that that were conducted post the pandemic, i.e., quantitative easing um, and the amount of bonds that are out there that are being held by um, central banks. And then you know, you, but you've still got that demand from the likes of your insurance companies, et cetera, who need to buy longer dated bond yields. So in, in part, I feel like part of the inversion is being driven by, um, or the extreme inversion that we're seeing in curves is partly being driven by quantitative easing and, and the after effects of that. And and some of this
0: recession fear, I mean, the PMIs wouldn't have helped on that, would they? On Friday, so because the interesting thing was, you know, a big difference between Europe and the US. So the Euro- US saw services, which you know is obviously the, the the key focus, saw their services PMI fall quite a bit from forty six point two, falling to forty four point four, so well into contraction territory. So that just adds to the fears, and we had Fed speakers out, you know, trying to talk the market around It seems so, uh, you know, even despite those numbers. So we, you know, there's still saying they have to keep going. So Mary Daly was saying markets where pricing for perfection was her word, for what may not happen, and, you know, saying when it comes to the peak rate, it could actually be higher than what they've written down. So higher than that 5.1%, which is where we saw the dot plots coming to uh, on average in the... uh, at, at the last meeting, so she's talking up the the top rate, but we're seeing PMIs saying, "Hang on a second, the uh, you know the, the the economy is getting worse. Look at what's happening in the services sector."
1: Yeah, so there are interesting numbers that came out on Friday. Uh, you know, across Europe, UK, and and the US, um, they were they were uh, mixed, um, but in general, that the tone across all of the PMIs was. Um, you know effectively a soft overall tone but then within that you had your different surprises so in in the in the eurozone and the UK the services PMI is actually surprised to the upside you know in the UK it's back at 50 in Europe it's just below um, 50 at 49 but the big surprise as you said was the US where the services PMI came in at um, 44.4 which was well below uh, market expectations and yeah you know, the interesting thing for this is that historically the market wouldn't really focus on on these PMI data's for the US the focus is the ISM reports and the US services ISM number is, is not is not following this um S&P Global services PMI yeah you know, the the ISM number is sort of holding holding up at a at a higher a higher level so it'll be interesting to see how it how this data's evolved but I think the interesting thing for me is is when you look at the, the reaction within the market it just shows you the market just wants to it, it, it's focusing on anything that supports the view that um, the Fed is done. so anything that reflects a, a softening in, in activity data and and it, in terms of the bond market it, it's bid you know, you, you've got buyers coming back and part of that I think also reflects positioning. Um, The position data that I look at in the U.S. shows that, um, you know, investors are are net short and they've been adding to those net short positions. Um, So I think we have to be a little bit careful with the intraday sort of price action that you're seeing. But the European
0: one is interesting, isn't it? Because that is, uh, you know, yeah, maybe we are concentrating too much on one, one, one set of numbers, but it's all it's all there is at the, at the moment. But, I mean, the idea that, you know, that the UK is back at 50, for example, I mean, we we also had their retail sales, which were down 0.4% month on month in November, so it's a, quite a mixed picture. But it's not all doom and gloom, it seems, in the, in that part of the world. And yet, You know, we've sort of been thinking it, it, it has been lately.
1: Yeah, I, I sort of think, wow, you know, the, the UK and Europe – are doing better than than the U.S. at the moment, so yeah, maybe there's some some noise in the U.S. data. That's why I don't want to get caught up in trying to draw too much out of what this data is saying. I think the main thing for 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 people to to do now is to look into into next year. Um, and you know, there's there's central banks are very hawkish. Um, markets are pricing in a slightly different. Um, outlook or backdrop for next year, but what I do is I look at you know what were markets pricing this time last year for 2022 and what were central banks pricing. And when I look at that, in for the Fed, the market was pricing a Fed funds rate of around one percent by yeah. the end of 2022, and exactly. an RBA cash rate of one percent. And the Fed dot plots was saying a, a similar picture and look where we've ended
0: up <laughs> it's been quite a year hasn't it so yeah what's next year going to bring well uh china's going to do incredibly well they've just had their economic conference at the end of last week and uh one official there mr uh, han Wenju, the deputy director of the general office of the central financial and economic affairs commission uh has talked about the uh, the recovery being a j-curve that is quite steep never mind the, the, the v-shaped recovery that you know we we're all hoping we were going to get the j-shaped recovery is uh, is what they're going to go for they're talking it up aren't they
1: well yeah they definitely are phil uh you know let's see (laughs) let's see what actually actually happens but you know i think this is i guess a positive a positive for the growth backdrop next year if if china um you know if, if this this does does play out as as they're as they're saying so yeah this is where for me it's sort of looking into next year it's not it's not all it's it's not it's not sort of necessarily going to play out the way markets are pricing. Um, it's, you know, we have to watch the incoming data um, and there's all these other influences out there, sort of, you know, what happens with China and them opening up, you know, how, how strong can they, it will, will be their economy next year. What impact does that have on global inflation? Um, you know, the other interesting thing, that happened on Friday was, you know, the news from the US where, um, you know, they, they were purchasing 3 million barrels of crude oil to replenish their strategic petroleum reserves. Um, you know, does, does that continue next year? And what, what, what impact does that have on, on the oil price? And then what impact does that have on inflation next year?
0: Yeah, many moving parts, aren't there? Well, look, we'll explore all of that, of course, um, next year and the few days we've got this week as well, perhaps. But good to talk. I mean, today we've got, uh, just before we go, I almost forgot because there's not a lot happening, is there? We get the German IFO, we get the uh, NAHB Housing uh, Index for the United States, we get PSIs for New Zealand, but pretty quiet week, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah, it is It is quiet. We do get the RBA uh, board meeting minutes Minutes. on Tuesday and I guess you'll talk about that Mm. tomorrow morning, but... The focus there will really be yeah. on, um, you know, did they talk even talk about potentially a 50 basis point hike? Um, and, and did they talk about pausing?
0: Well, we can talk about that tomorrow morning and the day after. We've only got a, a few episodes this week before we uh, all break <laughs> up for Christmas. But uh, good to talk anyway. Have a great Christmas. And uh, I'll talk to you again in the New Thanks, year, Sky. Them. There we are, Sky Masters on the morning call. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.